0: See you there? Hello there. Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Magdalena Jensen. She is a transformational coach, a conflict mediator, and a sacred space holder. Welcome. Magdalena, thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today.
1: Hi Brad, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm super excited that we are finally making this happen and I really admire what you're doing with this podcast. That so thanks for inviting me.
0: Thank you. Yes, we have been trying to we've been there's been about a bit of back and forth between you and I to get this done. So, I am very grateful and happy to finally have you here today and I'm very excited to jump in and share all of the things Magdalena and your journey. So thank you very much.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> all of those things I mentioned, you're also, I want to add one more that you're a podcast host. I you am. are one hell of a busy woman. All of these hats you wear seem to be very closely tied in together and with one another. So I would imagine, I mean, these are quite demanding role. So how do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization for you?
1: I love that we're diving in straight with that because <laughs> actually I don't feel like busy is the best way to describe myself. I would okay. say that multidimensional and full. I like to have full I like, <laughs> I like to have full days, you know, and that's okay, a yeah. big that's a really big part of my human design and my energy. I have a lot of energy. And for me, it's really important for me to have full and fulfilling days so that I sleep well at night, (laughs) quite frankly. I love
0: that. Now, with you wearing so many hats, I would love to know, what does your morning routine look like?
1: Mm, Great question. Mornings are definitely an important time for me to get grounded, get centered, to have a little bit of quiet time in my home and really set myself up for success throughout the day. So there are three or four components that are really important for me. One is movement. I always make sure that I move my body in the morning. It could be just 10 minutes of stretching. It could be swimming a kilometer. It could be a little bit more hardcore, kind of half an hour workout. Sometimes it's just a walk, you know, outside. Yeah. But always some movement. I always eat breakfast. That is a complete non-negotiable for me because okay. I'll be a hangry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'll be a hangry person if I don't take care of my blood sugar levels. Quite frankly, mm. and so I try to eat a savory breakfast as well. That's really important. With uh, always a protein. A fruit and vegetable and some carb. I meditate and or journal. If possible, I'll do both. Journaling for me is a really, really important way to keep my mental health in check and to really keep my mental chatter to a minimum throughout the day so I can really stay focused. It's a way that I know that if something is coming up for me that's kind of frustrating and might take my energy out of what I'm doing, And I know that I can kind of pause those thoughts and save it for my journal and really pour whatever I need to on the page. And so that way throughout the day, I sort of can keep myself present in what I'm doing and not get as derailed by something that might throw me off. Um,
0: <laughs> so, so if you have to choose between the two meditation and journaling it's going to be journaling.
1: It is. And I okay. always do try to add if, like make sure there's you know 3 or 4 minutes of meditation at a very minimum, right? Just Really breathing into my heart space, checking my vibes, releasing any tension from my body, and also just checking in with my mind, right? Is there a lot of chatter that day, right? You You see where I'm going with this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think those two, both of those pieces of that puzzle are essential for setting the tone for the day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it also ensures that I can show up fully present for my clients. Yeah. I give so much of my energy to them. So I really need to be in full integrity with my energy for myself. And that also includes an end of the day little piece as well okay. in terms of energy maintenance. So every single day at the very end of the day, literally end to end, like when I'm in bed, I always, this is a complete non-negotiable as well, I always clear my energy, release Mm -hmm. and let go of anything that's not mine or anything that's not serving me. And then I call back my vital energy and really bring my vital energy back into my aura and back into my cells every single one of my cells. And that's something I've been doing for quite a while. It's really, really supportive of my energy levels, you know, and sometimes in between coaching sessions or client sessions or mediation sessions, particularly because they can be really emotionally charged. I would
0: imagine very taxing. <laughs>
1: exactly. So then I really make sure that I'm doing also something for my nervous system. And most often the quickest thing to do is literally shake it out. <laughs> yeah. Like shake, shake, shake. Yeah.
0: Now, what were you doing before you made the jump into entrepreneurship?
1: I've always been an entrepreneur. So since my early 20s, my very first career was in radio, quite frankly. I worked for Polish National Radio. I was a radio journalist. I had a radio show. It was great. I was living in Warsaw. I moved to Poland when I was 18. I'm American born, but I'm half Polish. And so I was living in Poland and I I loved working in the radio. And then I kind of got pulled into music. And so I worked in the music industry. I started my own agency, co-founded my own agency. I also co-founded a record label as well as co-founded and funded with several hundred thousand euro, a pan-European nonprofit for music wow. managers. Yeah. So I've Incredible. always been an entrepreneur, mostly in the music space. Right. And so then, quite frankly, I burned out hard and made some major, major lifestyle transitions and changes to support the kind of person that I wanted to be in the world. And here we are.
0: <laughs> and so you have nothing to do with the music industry now?
1: No, that's not true. I mean, okay. one of one of my hats, let's say, um, is as I said, I'm a multidimensional human. I yes. like to do a lot. <laughs> it's part of my. It re- truly is part of my human design. I'm a manifesting generator. I get bored easily, so I like to keep myself entertained. One of my hats that I wear, and it's literally a hat that I wear for two to three hours maximum per week, is a creative director in that record label that I co-founded. I have a really great team. We're all really good friends. It's a side project for every single one of us, and we're developing Scandinavian acts. So my business partners are in Sweden and Norway. Okay. And we're, we're actually working on a Eurovision project right now at the national level still, but right. great, great hopes for the fact that this artist will win their national competition and go on to represent their country. I can't reveal who it is or what country it is yet. So that's fun. That's like a little creative outlet for me because I get to be creative director, right? So I'm like styling photo shoots, planning album art, and that's fun.
0: That sounds like fun. I love it. Magdalena, what drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and pushing and excelling at all that you do?
1: Hmm... Thank you for asking. I love that you added the word excelling. I like to hope that I'm excelling. I'm trying. What motivates me? One is curiosity. I'm like super curious about the human brain and the world and relationships and psychology and the possibilities of what can be. And I feel deeply driven by the fact that I just want to have fun. And it's fun for me to live my purpose. And I feel like I'm on that track right now, right? Whatever that means. And I can change my mind. Some of the things that I do right now can go away in an instant, but it's really about that. Like I feel as though we're put on this planet, we're incarnated, we're given this lifetime to fulfill our purpose and to enjoy the human experience to the fullest. And Yeah. And so that's what I try to do every day. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i love that that's a great way to live i mean we're only here for a short time so we might as well enjoy the shit out of it while we're here
1: so we're allowed to swear great good to know. yeah I'm oh like, yeah I've been- <laughs> you've been
0: holding back haven't you
1: i have and that's not very natural for me so great but okay, let good. it let it
0: fly it's all okay. good <laughs> So Magdalena, why did you decide to focus your energy on helping to empower women and all the work you do with women? Did some of this journey begin with your own struggles? I mean, I know you mentioned you experienced extreme burnout.
1: Yeah, that's a very multi-layered question. Okay. So myself in my career in the music industry as a woman, it is not necessarily a very friendly place to be. So in my work in the music industry, I always worked with women in particular. And I was the programming director for a, a European funded project as well for women and gender minorities. And I think that's just... I mean I am a woman. I've always been a feminist even though I don't necessarily relate to 2022 2023 feminism anymore. And my life around and, and hmm, how to answer this in the best way. Possible. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think that the patriarchy is something that has nothing to do with most men. It is a large large system on a mass institutional very umbrella hierarchical let's say level. That has existed for several thousands of years since really maybe pre birth and death of Jesus Christ, but certainly affirmed with the first ecumenical council and kind of the selection of what stories go into the Bible by Emperor Constantine and the demonization of Mary Magdalene and with it, the sacred feminine and the feminine energy. That exists within us all, but especially as women, we embody or are um, created to embody, right? And so I guess for me, the solution to the majority of the shit show problems (laughs) (laughs) that exist in this world is a rebalancing of the masculine and feminine and because there has been such a suppression of the feminine, I believe that we need to do a lot of work in that area in order to allow for and create that rebalancing. And so I guess that's maybe the long answer to why I do do. it.
0: I love it. (laughs) I think we do. We need, we're in dire need of that balance. There's no space or place for the patriarchy bullshit. And there's, you know, We need to come together as masculine and feminine and stand together and unite and think of how much more would get accomplished in this world if we did unite and work together and men step up to show women that... Hey, we're here too. we are allies. Let's stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder and let's get shit done together. None of this fucking masculine versus feminine bullshit anymore is it's there's no place for it. It's time to move forward. And with that comes that forward thinking where we all come together and unite as human beings. How about we look at it that way?
1: Completely. And I noticed that you didn't use the word equal. And I think that's really, really important. And that's why I don't consider myself to be a 2022, 2023 feminist, because I do not necessarily believe that in total equality of the sexes, I believe that we have, we are equal in our differences and we, we can embrace And foster those differences to create this beautiful harmony. I mean, Taoists have it right when they use the visual symbol of the yin and the yang, right? We all have masculine and feminine energy within us. Within our relationship dynamics, and then on a really, really macro level as well, within organizations, within society, et cetera, and we really, really need to get that balance. We need it. We need a major readjustment. Basically, we do.
0: We do. Well, the patriarchy needs to be burned to the fucking ground. First of all, let's start there. And it's already happening, Brad. Yeah. It's totally but it needs- happening. Yeah, <laughs> and we need to rebuild like a like a yeah. phoenix rising out of the ashes. Completely. We need to rebuild and come together. And that's Completely. it. There is no other option. I agree. That's how and it has to be.
1: It's not even that's how it's, ha- it, it's already happening. This yeah. is an inevitability. It's just like, yeah. get on board folks, because otherwise you're, your journey <laughs> you're
0: going to get left behind.
1: Well, your journey is just going to be a lot more fucking painful. So just yeah. get on board. The train's that's already right. moving. <laughs> that's right.
0: Yeah. It's moving at a slow pace. You can, you can still grab on and, and jump onto the train. So let's go people get on board. <laughs> completely. You know? So how, I mean with the with the shit you've had to deal with in terms of the patriarchy and all the shit in the music industry and your struggles, how have these experiences helped shape the Magdalena you are today both personally and professionally, do you think?
1: Mm, yeah. So definitely the music industry being also like kind of an instrument of agenda, so it is very much like a pop culture, mass media instrument. Definitely it's rife with identity politics that are complete nonsense created to divide us. And I used to be that person. I used to really lean into identity politics, the BLM movement, all the gender conversational nonsense that's out there. And then no, truly. And then I met that's my a husband. whole other
0: episode Magdalena.
1: That is a whole other episode. <laughs> I think we could probably
0: squeeze a few episodes out of that one.
1: <laughs> like, a, like probably hours completely. Yes. <laughs> um, and round tables and all sorts of fun conversations yes. <laughs> and arguments and such. And, you know, I, oh, yeah. I and then I met my husband and, My husband really woke me up to the fact that all of that shit is nonsense meant to divide us and that he and I will inevitably break up if I continue down this angry, staunch, feminist, equal, (laughs) equal route. And I didn't want that. Our love is more important to me. Our love is stronger than that and yeah. our our differences and learning to embrace those and and lean into that polarity is what makes us an incredibly strong and magnetic and loving couple. And so I have to really say that I can really thank my husband for a lot here. I wonder if yeah. he would say that, considering we've had some major rows around these topics.
0: <laughs> I'm you know? sure he would. I'm sure he would. Yeah,
1: but we've, I think we. he's changed as well, right? Like we've both right. really supported each other to change and create a much greater harmony in ourselves and in our relationship through examining the bullshit external programming versus how can we lead with love instead
0: yeah that's the key right there that that four-letter word love that is what we need in this world and we need more of it because that's what conquers everything totally it truly does
1: truly it truly does that is what sees us through the differences yeah
0: Absolutely. So I want to, I mean, like I said, we could go off on tangents and do whole other episodes if we continue on this path. I want to bring it back to talk more about you and the work you're doing. So Thank you. what is it that sets you and the work you do apart from other transformational coaches? Like why would they choose mm-hmm. to work with you over someone else?
1: Honestly... I don't know. The thing is, is that there is someone out there to support everybody. We're all unique individual human beings. And I think perhaps maybe it's that, maybe it's that in and of itself, right? That I really honor our individual uniqueness. And I was actually talking with my husband about it this morning because he was like, surely you can, I don't know, have a bit more of a system or a profile or prepare for coaching calls. And I was like, babe, that's not how it works. It's just not every single one of the people that comes to me is a unique, magical, powerful being that deserves to feel that, notice that, accept that and lift that part of themselves up. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. I think, I think probably it's that, that I see every single person as unique as whole, as complete, as resourceful, and I draw that out of them. And I create that magic with them so that they can see their own magic really and and live that. So I think it's about that. It's not about certifications, though I have plenty of them. It's not even about as much kind of like my experiences or my income numbers or any of that. It's how I see my clients. I see them as powerful from the get go. I don't yeah. see them as less than. I see them as powerful partners in creating a magical life for themselves. And so I think it's it's I think it's that.
0: I love that you brought up that fact about uniqueness and our own individualistic ways. I think that we're all here with our own gifts. Everybody has gifts yes. that they're sent here with. But I think our each individual's biggest gift is exactly that that no one else is you yeah. totally. and that's no one else sees the world you do the way you do and there may be similarities but that is our biggest gift. Is our uniqueness one hundred
1: percent, a hundred percent, and that's what we're losing in the world yes. with all of these. Even with like, mi- bullshit, <laughs> this bullshit. But even with something as seemingly benign as minimalist design, yeah. it is driving us towards a homogeneity that does not honor our uniqueness as. An infinite soul incarnating in this lifetime with its own unique purpose, right? Yep. And if we all recognize that absolute uniqueness in ourselves, that is literally that's the medicine the world needs for us all to live our unique blueprint, and that's that's 100%. enough.
0: Yep, absolutely. We all are enough, and it it comes down to and speaks to all the bullshit societal, parental conditioning, all of this other crap that gets put on to us, which then drowns out our gifts. It, 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 it waters them all down. And so that we, we start thinking, well, what do I have to offer the world? yep fucking right you have tons to offer the world everybody does
1: absolutely and what you said and what i said and what we have what i really want us to highlight here is that Mm -hmm. you are already enough as you are
0: yes you do not you're not
1: you're not broken you don't need to be fixed you don't need to go on some kind of endless healing journey you can make these choices if you want to you can always do things to be in more integrity, but that's really what it's about. It's like coming back to this kind of natural state of that in which we are born, and yeah. that's really the work, right? Stripping yep. away all the shit, all the programming.
0: That's right, one hundred percent. In your opinion, what <laughs> is the most important quality or skill set in a transformational coach?
1: presence okay, showing like up being fully, there yeah showing up fully present for whatever comes I think that creates a lot of safety for clients and a huge amount of trust and maybe that's my second thing is trust trust yeah. that you are whole complete and resourceful just as you are and so am I and together we have everything we need to handle anything
0: yeah we um, all have the tools on our tool belt some of us I mean well a lot of us need guidance on how to use those tools but we all have them within us for sure
1: yeah and like i said it's really about peeling back the layers of conditioning that tell you you don't the average human being sees over ten thousand advertisements every single day telling them that they are not enough so having the presence and the Mm -hmm. trust to strip that shit away from your conscious mind and to really lean into your subconscious intuitive heart-led enoughness that's what it's all about and that takes work that takes it training does. that takes it practice does. that takes vigilance right
0: yeah well we we all know that if if a human being is told something repeatedly and enough they're going to start to believe it whether it's negative or positive you're going to start to believe it so that plays right into that conditioning absolutely
1: yeah. yeah yep absolutely
0: what would you say is your greatest strength as a coach
1: Mm, I love this question. And it's a little bit of a challenge to answer. And (laughs) I do have an answer because someone actually came up to me last week at a networking event and told me that they believe that that which sets me apart is the fact that I see people behind their mask. I see them as they are I see what's maybe really going on here. I have the courage to call it out and I hold them in great compassion as they also start to see that. And I think that that's probably one of my greatest strengths and it's something that is, it's a lifelong thing. I've always had that. People have always, always, always come to me for support, for advice, for empathy. And it's because I, I see them lovingly as they are, I see through all the bullshit they've put on that day or they put on in their lifetime. Right.
0: You meet them where they're at. Yeah.
1: Meet them, but meet them where that meet them where they're really at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. What is one tip or takeaway that listeners could implement immediately to start reconditioning their mind for the success and transformation they want in their lives?
1: Yeah, that's a great, great question. And I'm going to go, there's so many things, but I'm going to go with (laughs) something that is super duper simple. Anyone can implement it every single day because we all use a bathroom with a mirror in it, right? Yeah. We all got to stand in front of a mirror every day. So I'm going to go with advising people or suggesting that people work with a mirror mantra So that means looking at in the mirror at yourself and every single day repeating to yourself, I am enough. That's it. it. It's simple, simple, but powerful.
0: It's, but it's hard. It's not easy to do something for people, right?
1: No. And it takes repetition until you start to finally fucking believe it. And it might take a lot of other things. It might take some forgiveness. It might take, you know, deconditioning. It takes a lot. But that simple act of repeating to yourself as you look yourself in the eye and saying "I am enough," you will start to believe it one day. I promise.
0: Yeah. As we just said, if you tell someone and or yourself in something enough, you do start to believe it.
1: Yeah, that's just that's how the brain works as well. Yeah, through repetition, you can create new neural synaptic pathways. A minimum of you know twenty one to forty repetitions, and you'll already start to have that kind of as a, a, it'll start to become an automatic thought.
0: Love it. Thank you for sharing that. Can you share with us a little bit about your work as a conflict mediator and what that entails for you?
1: I love, love, love this question. So I'm a middle child in my family. And so I, have by default, kind of... <laughs> Like been the peacekeeper, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so when I was in my 20s, I decided to go and study nonviolent communication, Marshall Rosenberg's kind of formulaic, let's say, methodology for compassionate communication. And it just completely transformed my way of being in the world and completely transformed my life. And so I decided to further that and become certified as a conflict mediator with a specialization in NBC and Compassionate communication. And I've never really done that much professionally with it until these past uh, couple of years. And so currently I'm actually working on a mediation process with uh, founders, with two business partners, with founders. I've worked recently as well with a couple on their relationship. So a personal relationship. So mediation work in general, if if you, I can break it down a little bit, sort of what it looks like. Yeah. If there's some there's a conflict, it doesn't have to be right. even a super huge big conflict. It can be simply that like there's a lot of tension. We're not creating as much progress as we want to together. We're not able to communicate very well, right? So then I'll come in and I'll do pre-mediation with each side to ensure that both sides have some clarity on what's going on for them and they feel like they're, let's say, let's use the term empathy tank is right is full, so that when they come to sit in a session with the other person, they have an increased capacity to be able to hear that other person and start to, at some point, meet their needs. So the idea with mediation, the kind of mediation that I practice, is that every single party is, first of all, worthy of getting their needs met. And second of all, it's possible to choose strategies and agree upon strategies together to get those needs met, right? And so a mediation process will be this big back and forth and kind of repetitive. It is a bit repetitive and a bit formulaic, but that's how you create this structure of safety for all sides to feel like they're getting their needs met when usually the biggest need is being heard by the other parties.
0: Well, that again, I think that's a whole other episode about listening. (laughs) People just don't listen. They, they, or their their way of listening is listening just so they can speak. Absolutely. Respond, you know. Absolutely. It's it's a skill set. It's a definite skill set that a lot of people do not possess.
1: Exactly, and so I support both parties to hold that space of active listening and to be heard. And then after both parties feel like they're starting to be heard, you can see it. You can feel it. Body language shifts. The energy in the room palpably shifts. Like you can, like at the beginning of a mediation, usually you can cut the tension with a fucking knife. Like it's
0: (laughs) It's like
1: we're sitting in pudding (laughs) together, right? yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And at some point, that stuff starts to change. And so that's when you can start to, once once both parties are starting to feel like their needs are being identified, first identified, then you can start to set up, you can brainstorm strategies, how parties can get their needs met. And then you can start to set up agreements to get those needs met. And I also always set up backup agreements. And the reason for that, at least two of them per agreement and the reason for that is that we're all human. We're yeah. all just fucking trying. Some days we might not be willing to make those, meet those needs of the other person. Yep. So what do we do in that situation, right? How do we handle it? And yeah. if we can create layers of agreements for the inevitable scenario that someone's going to break one, well, then it kind of diffuses the potential for conflict in the future, right?
0: For sure. Love it. Thanks. Now, let's talk a little bit about your work as a women's circle facilitator. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Mm,
1: Yes. This is one of my absolute favorite things that I do. And it is also one of the scariest things that I do. And it requires me claiming the real spiritual aspect of myself and courageously just fucking rolling with that shit. (laughs) Scary sometimes, right? Because spirituality is considered this like weird woo woo thing or total bullshit or whatever. And so I really want to create open, friendly spaces for people that have all different kinds of points of view around spirituality. But we are all inherently spiritual beings. No one's more spiritual or less spiritual than any other person. They might just have a different relationship with their inherent spirit than another. But we're all literally spirits walking around in flesh bags. I mean, yeah, right. that's it, right? So as a women's circles facilitator, I really step into and claim that intuitive, that heartlet, that spiritual side of myself and invite other women to do the same. I aim to hold men's and women's circles at some point but for now okay. I work with uh, for now I work with women. And so this is really a spiritual practice of reclaiming our sacred femininity, our sacred feminine energy and playing in that space and experiencing sisterhood which is sometimes a threat for a lot of people because they haven't had good experiences with sisterhood, yeah. right? Working with and healing things around the mother wound around ourselves. I work with forgiveness a lot. I very much attune all of my circles to lunar cycles and what's happening in the cosmos because we are not solo beings in this universe, right? We're very much affected by the energies of the planetary bodies around us, especially as women. Because our menstrual cycles, for example, when yeah. not when not influenced by external or artificial hormones should also be attuned to the lunar cycles. Just like, you know, the waves of the ocean are attuned to the lunar the way the movements of the moon. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And our
1: bodies are 70 percent water. Right. So it's inevitable. There you go. Our, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Common sense. Yeah, common sense. So
1: that's that's like a little bit of an answer there. I don't know if I answered
0: your question. No, that that's perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. Now, as I mentioned, you are the host of a podcast. Can you speak a little bit about your podcast? The title, subject matter, is it interview style? Is it solo? Is it mix of both? Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so I started a podcast in July of 2022 called MJ's Magic Hour, and (laughs) (laughs) it is rarely an hour yet jam-packed with new earth magic. And it is a mix of solo episodes and guest episodes. This week's, which just came out today, is a solo episode. Next week, for example, will be a guest. And it's really exploratory, I'd say. It's something that I use to fulfill my curiosity about the world, about the trajectories that we're headed on. It is how I get to chat shit about my own <laughs> no, truly. Chat shit about my own explorations of like, what is the new earth? What is this paradigm that we're shifting into? What happens when, as we discussed earlier, the patriarchy burns to the ground, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm what are we going to do? And what kinds of values are important? And yeah, so it's like, it's really exploratory. And it makes me feel really vulnerable sometimes because I am not an expert in anything. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like a (laughs) lifelong learner of everything. So sometimes putting out my own like original thoughts around things is really fucking scary. But I guess someone has to do it. <laughs> that's
0: right. So why not you? And, and change so I'm assuming courage
1: So you yes, know, absolutely.
0: And I'm assuming it's available on all podcast yes, platforms. Yeah, yeah, Apple. Okay, perfect. Yeah,
1: it perfect. is. It's Excellent. on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, FM, it's on Amazon and Audible. And Google Podcasts, I'm pretty sure yes. as well.
0: Okay. I wanna go back a little bit. You mentioned the the burning down again of the patriarchy and <laughs> I wanna talk about the landscape of entrepreneurship and women run businesses and what your thoughts are in terms of how it's evolved and how it's continuing to shift and evolve from what Mm, you've seen.
1: Delicious question. Love it. Okay. So most entrepreneurship, including my own in the past, has been happening according to masculine energetics, right?
0: Right. So yeah.
1: strict goal setting, really precise structures, forcing, pushing, achieving, right? And often that can quickly turn towards exploitation, And that can quickly turn into profit over people or planet. And I believe that we are seeing with the rise of the sacred feminine energy on a mass scale, we're seeing a huge shift towards people over profit, planet over profit, body over business, right? And for me, that's taken some major, major practice, right? I am super fucking good at hustling myself to death. I like work, it's fun, I love what I do, and I can easily sit here from eight in the morning till eight at night, do it all fucking day and not eat anything in the middle. Me
0: too, (laughs) me too, I'm the same way. And I just have to point out, I cannot stand that fucking word hustle.
1: I know, me neither.
0: And that speaks to the male energy, the masculine energy yeah. around the, the, business.
1: The shadow side of the masculine. Let me be clear yeah. on that. It speaks to yes. the shadow of the masculine. Yes.
0: I don't know. To me, hustle just is a word that people use to, in my opinion, to make themselves sound busier than they actually totally. are. Totally. I think it's complete bullshit.
1: Totally. We've completely, in our exploitative capitalist system that puts profit over people, we've completely forgotten people and rest. Yeah. And listening to our bodies and intuition. And we always prioritize logic over what maybe is actually the best thing, which is sometimes to just take a break and rest and tune in. And you need to be able to rest in order to hear your intuition, in order to know what's truly right for you. And we don't always, always need the logical-minded, achieve-at-all-costs structures, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we do need a balance. You can't just flippy-floppy, flowy-woey, whatever, woo-woo your way through life.
0: No, of course. <laughs> of <laughs> course.
1: There of needs course. to be a balance, but that doesn't mean that it all has to be on your shoulders as well. You can get support, and that's also extremely important to humble yourself enough to know that you need support sometimes. And that support might be as much as literally just taking a fucking nap, might be hiring someone, whatever, right?
0: So I was going to say that that community or support is a huge part of entrepreneurship. In my opinion, it's one of the building blocks for entrepreneurship. We're not meant to do this shit alone.
1: No, it takes a village. Just like everything takes a village because we are not islands.
0: That's right. That's right. And we, yes. we do,
1: we, we succeed in community. We succeed in a yeah. healthy, sustainable way in community. That's we feel right. in community. We get inspired in community, right?
0: And this is exactly why we need more women in positions of leadership and power because women recognize and know this. Yeah. Period.
1: <laughs> it's an it's an intuitive part of who we are as women. Yeah. It's a big part of the feminine energetics, right? And yep. that's why like this whole boss bitch culture really <laughs> is just so toxic. It's so yeah. unnatural for us as yeah. women as well. And I'm not here for any of it. I used to be. And that's right. why I landed myself right in the hospital with major, major
0: burnout. There you go. And so what are your thoughts on this shift then, and how can women continue to push through and break down these insane, ridiculous barriers and ways of thinking?
1: Give yourself permission to rest, first and foremost. You're probably fucking exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Most women are fucking exhausted because we think we have to keep up with some kind of, I don't know, the Joneses, right? Whatever. First of all, you don't. You're enough as you are. You don't need more, more, more. So just take a fucking rest. Give yourself permission to chill. And when you start to chill and rest, that's when you can start to activate your magic and your power because women have incredible superpowers like intuition, like creation. We literally are the portal between the seen and the unseen. So tap into that. Even if you never intend to have children, which is totally fine, you still have that innate creative power within you, but we are so cut off from it and divorced from it. And guess what? There's a reason for that. I believe there's a major, major agenda behind the fact that we are divorced from and cut off from our power because we are so fucking powerful.
0: That's exactly why.
1: That's an episode for another day, as yeah. well, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. And
0: That's part of the reason why, too. I think that the, all of this divisiveness—that's the—that's the 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 motivation behind it—is it totally. because they know that if masculine and feminine men and women, human beings, come together and unite, they're fucked because totally. we dangerous. are so powerful. Yeah, Correct. exactly. That's exactly it. And that is all part of the plan of the divisiveness.
1: It's also part of why women are kept in our maiden phase throughout most of our life, right? So women are inherently cyclical beings in a different kind of cycle than men. Men are a much shorter cycle, 24-hour cycle, 365 kind of cycle. Women, we are a quarterly cycle kind of being, so our right. menstrual cycles reflect that, and mother nature, inherently also a feminine being, also reflects that <laughs> with yeah. winter, spring, summer, the fall, seasons, yes, right? Exactly. And as yep. women, across the span of our lifetimes, we also have four phases that we go through, four cycles. Child, maiden, mother, crone. And maiden yeah. is this really seeking unclear unsure kind of frantic external validation sort of phase that we all go through in order to find ourselves let's say and you can see right hollywood is all about keeping women in that phase and keeping them young and keeping them like feeling like they're never good enough right yeah Because once you cross that bridge and cross from maiden into mother, again, even if you don't become a mother physically, you still have the opportunity to step into that mother energy, which is grounded, centered, surrendered to her power and to a higher power and to her higher purpose. It is an intuitive energy. It is a trust in your inner knowing above all, even your doctors, even anyone else around you kind of. Deep, deep knowing, right? And yeah. that is super powerful.
0: For sure. And I that's
1: dangerous that. for yep. the powers that currently, right? And that is changing. I'm actually yes. doing a retreat very soon here in Mexico that I'm running on the Maiden to Mother journey for twelve women. And I'm super, super excited because I really feel like this work is super missing in our world that kind of support to cross that bridge and to really really step into that deeply grounded centered empowered loving yourself creative energy
0: (laughs) what advice do you have then for women looking to grow either their own business or i mean as we know entrepreneurship is not for everybody so maybe the women want to grow within the company they work for what What advice would you have for women looking Hmm. to do either of those things?
1: I think it kind of comes back to the two pieces of advice I might have already given, right? Is no, actually look, well, those are like rest and affirm and and believe in your enoughness. Those are really important components, but also get very clear on your values so that you are able to prioritize right? And you can prioritize in your life and you can prioritize within the structure that you're working in. If that's your business, if it's somebody else's business and you have then the power of discernment, you know, what's good for you, what's not good for you. And you live a life of aligned integrity. And that's really important because when we are out of integrity, when we're not in alignment is when we're like, it's easier for someone to have, uh, you're, you're easily manipulable, let's
0: say. Yeah. Yeah. Being a women's empowerment advocate, what do you do to empower yourself?
1: All those things. (laughs) But I really also focus on nervous system regulation. And that's a really, really big one so that I can show up in the ways that I want to show up. I can show up in integrity. I can show up prioritizing freedom. I can show up not giving a fuck what other people think about me.
0: (laughs) So you practice what you preach.
1: Exactly. It's really, really about integrity and alignment and really taking care of that every single day. And when I'm feeling ungrounded or when I'm not feeling so great, what do I need to do for myself? So like this morning, for example, just, you know, an hour and a half ago, I didn't feel that great. I was kind of anxious. I was short on the phone with my father. I was a bit bitchy towards my husband. And so I was like, shit, what do I need to do for myself? This is a sign that I'm not feeling great. Something is off. So I took a little bit of a walk, literally around the block. I grounded myself in my surroundings. I chatted with a friend that I ran into and just took a break for a minute. And I came back feeling like a different person.
0: We do, we need to... I mean again this speaks to more conditioning that we do not as a human race as human beings we do not take the fucking time to slow down and as they say smell the roses we're always we're so focused on checking the shit off ticking all the boxes on the list and then as soon as we get that done okay what's next what's next what's next fuck if we didn't learn a single fucking thing from the past two and a half years of the shit that the world has just been through that was our sign to fucking slow down so so like a wake up practice. call to slow down, yeah, exactly. huge
1: wake up exactly. call. Exactly. What's the fucking point of life if not to enjoy it? And when are you yes. supposed to enjoy it? If you're always ticking shit off your to-do list, exactly. my advice, burn your fucking to-do list, toss it right <laughs> out. Seriously. The important, once you're clear on what your priorities are, I guarantee they will get done and you will not need a to-do list. I don't use one. I might use one like a very short post-it on a daily basis with just a couple of things that I want to make sure that I remember to do that day. But guess what? If I don't do it, who fucking cares? And if it's super important and involves other people, I guarantee they're going to remind me. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, you know, you also hear all these people say, Oh, I'm gonna do all this stuff when I retire. I'm gonna travel when I'm retire. I wanna go here when I fuck, why are you waiting for fucking retirement? Who knows what's gonna what you're gonna be like then? You might be in poor health by the time that comes around because you've been working yourself to death. Yes, totally. You
1: literally could die tomorrow. Do what you love and want to do today.
0: Exactly. Anyway, another episode
1: definitely for another episode.
0: Yes. Speaking of empowerment, what does that word mean to you?
1: Empowerment. It means knowing your worth. It means being clear on your priorities. It means living with an open heart and in integrity. It means openness. It means community it means so many things
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it really means a kind of like together we rise vibe right yeah there I'm is enough to- for everybody that's that's really important Absolutely. for me to say there is enough for everyone if you have something if you have a lot instead of building a bigger wall why don't you build a bigger table share what you have right give generously i guarantee it will come back if not in this lifetime in another one don't attach to it coming back but it's really all those things right
0: you know it's funny you talk about the sharing thing and it reminds me of sharing knowledge and i was thinking back when you were talking about that too I worked for an audiovisual company um, for eight years. And there was a gentleman who worked, it was a small company. There was probably, I think there was about eight or nine of us that worked full-time. And then there was probably a list of maybe 10 freelancers. And I started out as a freelancer with this company. Mm -hmm. And there was a gentleman, we we set up video walls around North America for different corporate shows Mm -hmm. and concerts and things like that. And so there was only one guy in the company that did all the programming of the video walls. And this guy was so unbelievably protective and guarded of his knowledge. Hmm. He did not want to show anybody or teach anybody anything to do with his job. It's like, why, would, why wouldn't you share that knowledge? Yeah. The company can benefit from that. We all can benefit from that. And that, that always sticks with me when I hear people mm-hmm. say, talk about sharing. It's like that comes to mind is share the knowledge you have. Everybody benefits when we share. Again, mm-hmm. it goes back to community
1: yeah well he's let's be clear he's not a bad guy for no not at all he's just in a scarcity mindset because he's buying into the prevalent narrative in the world right yeah the world the majority mass media kind of top-down hierarchical narrative that comes to us is that is one of lack of scarcity And it is because those powers that be that we refer to many, many times, (laughs) they want us to continue to prop them up at the top and to maintain this hierarchy. So that kind of idea of not enoughness needs to pervade everything when actually Mother Nature is enough already. There is enough for everybody, right? So truly cementing that belief of abundance, inherent abundance, and of enoughness in the world, that's revolutionary.
0: For sure. I agree. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful?
1: Hmm, I think it's probably curiosity. My whole life, I've been fucking annoying for everybody around me asking why, (laughs) why, 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 why? I'm obsessed with asking questions. I'm obsessed with asking why. I love to know things. I love to learn things. That's what makes me a great coach because I'm always, always inevitably asking questions. And... Like I've, I was always considered as a child, like annoying for my teachers. <laughs> I question authority. I have my entire life. I used to get in trouble for asking too many questions, talking in class. I used to be considered a know-it-all. I just like to learn. I like to ask. I'm curious. I'm really curious.
0: <laughs> Love it. Now, speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you?
1: Hmm. That's massively changed, right? It used to be that I need to get a Brit award or a Grammy award with an artist. That was like success, right? Having a massively full bank account, that was success, right? I no longer uh, hold myself to those kinds of external metrics that don't necessarily have to do with me or are not controlled by me in any way. Not that I really believe in control, Um, But uh, success now is if I feel good, if I feel like I've been paying attention to my husband and we are harmonious and happy together. If I feel like the relationships around me are maintained and they're good and I know what's going on with my friends and I have time to be Chilling and enjoying the sunshine. And yeah, it's really about like joy and peace in my body, as well as health. Because maintaining health in our world also requires time and finances and resources. So if I feel happy and healthy, then that's success and that's really enough.
0: Now we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions is just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay.
1: Do it. <laughs> Lay it out you me. <laughs>
0: How would you describe yourself in one word? Um, curious. What is your favorite self care practice? Resting. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be?
1: Being joyful.
0: What is your biggest fear?
1: Not becoming a mother and not being able to conceive, to be honest.
0: If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be?
1: Love yourself. Above all, love yourself.
0: And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> what is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their lives?
1: Love yourself. Like through my career, I have been able to come to love myself. I didn't like myself that much before. I didn't treat myself like I liked myself that much before. I didn't treat others around me like that in my business partner reflected that at the time or whatever. Right. And so it's really been this full circle journey to loving myself above all. And because I am a coach and I show up for other people and support them in that process themselves, and integrity is one of my number one values, I have to stand in that for work, actually.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What challenge in your life has shaped you the most, would you say?
1: Having a miscarriage at the end of 2021. Definitely very, very challenging and has changed the trajectory of my entire life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, getting pregnant and having a miscarriage, for sure.
0: What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career?
1: Do oh, am I allowed to say curiosity again? <laughs> no, yeah, I think, sure. actually, do you know what it is? <laughs> I think it's also optimism. I'm generally a really optimistic person. I always have been. I like to laugh. A smile comes to my face very quickly. I believe there's always a, a solution to every challenge, optimism, choosing love, that kind of yeah. thing.
0: If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why?
1: Ooh, that's such a tricky question. Oh my goodness. I would say, I would have said a few years ago, Michelle Obama for a lot of different reasons than I would do now. And I would actually still say Michelle Obama. And I would like to challenge her on a lot of shit that I would have not had the courage to challenge her on a few years ago. I I I used to pedestal her, right? And now I really want to challenge her. I love it. And call her out on some bullshit as well.
0: Love it. (laughs) If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Love yourself. Just fucking love yourself so much more than you do. You don't need to be critical of that piece of cellulite or that guy who wasn't into you or that whatever, whatever. Don't be embarrassed about anything. Just love yourself
0: all said lastly magdalena if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world your corner of the world your tribe your people what would that last 30 seconds sound like what words of wisdom would you impart
1: forgive yourself for any past mistakes let go of and release all those burdens just let that shit go any of the negative things that you're holding in your mind only exist because you're choosing to hold on to them they're not physically happening anymore let it go and love yourself. (laughs) But loving yourself is a practice. It takes work and it takes practice. So practice loving yourself daily. Choose love for yourself first, because when you do that, it spills over like your cup is full and you can spill it over to everybody else and everything around you.
0: Love it. Beautiful way to end the interview. Mm -hmm. Magdalena, thank you so much for being here today. This conversation has been incredibly inspirational. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. And I am honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. It's been an absolute pleasure having this opportunity to sit down and speak with you.
1: Oh, Brad, thank you so much for all the work you do. Thanks for for putting a mic in front of my face and allowing me to just really show up as myself and honoring me in all my words and experiences I really appreciate you and all the work you do like I said so thank you so much this has been really really fun
0: (laughs) thank you once again my name is Brad Walsh host of your Empowerography podcast today my guest has been Magdalena Jensen she is a transformational coach a conflict mediator and a sacred space holder thank you once again Magdalena I hope you have an amazing rest of the day
1: you too take care